This time on the Fountains Fellowship Fort Worth podcast. According to a recent study, 90% of Americans believe that adultery is wrong. That number has remained steady for 20 years. But there have been twice as many adulteries in the past decade than in the decade previous to that one. Why the sudden increase? In this message, the fourth in our From This Day Forward series, Pastor Samuel discusses this issue as well as the importance of purity in our marriage, in our behavior, in our hearts, and in our relationship to God. Here's Pastor Samuel. God is a good God, amen? Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap. We want to say happy Thanksgiving to you one more time. Did everybody enjoy their Thanksgiving feast on Thursday? I hope you did. I uh, just want to encourage you and give you a praise report. The Fountains Fellowship, you have faithfully given buckets and buckets of food to all types of people in Crowley and the surrounding area. And I know that our church was able to benefit from those buckets as well. So I just want to say thank you for your efforts, for your uh, financial support to come and bring all of these amazing buckets. We were able to deliver and give out over 300 buckets of, of, of full thanks. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap. Over 300 buckets to people that would have otherwise been without Thanksgiving uh, food together. And I just want to encourage you and, and give you thanks for your obedience to the Lord as a church. You know, God is using us to be the hands and feet of Jesus to everybody we meet. And uh, again, I want to thank you. I was so proud of you. And I know that Fountains Crowley did an amazing job as well. And so we uh, are so thankful. So make sure you tell everybody thank you for that. We are in the middle of our series right now from this day forward. And I hope you've enjoyed the last three weeks. This is a five-week series. And uh, we are utilizing this book called From This Day Forward, which we have in the back as you leave at our info center. They're only $5. I would encourage you um, to make sure to run by and pick up this book if you want your marriage to continue to grow and to continue to uh, be stronger and stronger as the days and weeks progress. And uh, we've been through three weeks of From This Day Forward. How many of you guys have enjoyed the series so far? Anybody? All right, a few of you, thank you. The rest of you, hopefully, you'll start today, right? And uh, let me just briefly recap. We're talking about five ways, friends, to fail-proof your marriage. Five ways to fail-proof your marriage. We believe that Jesus' idea for your marriage is better than yours. And in fact, he created marriage. So don't you think the creator of marriage has a good idea how to live this life with your spouse. Amen? Now, um, if you are married in this room this morning, let me just see your hands. Wave it around like you are just proud. All right. A few of you look okay. Some of you look tired. Some of you look worn out from like cooking all that food. Now, if you're single in here, raise your hand. Come on, single people. All right. Keep them up. Now, take a look around, right? See if you can make a connection this morning, a love connection. Come on. Thank you, Mark. I see that hand right up here up front, right up here. I want to encourage you, friends. I would, there's no better place to find a spouse, praise God, than in the house of God. Someone say amen to that. Amen. Now, let's recap for a moment. 
the uh, first three weeks that we've talked about. So the first week we talked about seeking God with your spouse. Now, if you're single in here, we talked about how you need to seek Jesus as your number one. And then as you get married, you're going to seek your number one with your two, right? Your spouse is your two. So what you do is we begin to pray together. I hope that you have um, implemented this in your relationship where you are praying together on a daily basis. I said, if you will pray together, you will stay together. Someone say amen. Amen. Number two, we talked about fighting fair. We don't have to fight for victory. We need to fight for restoration. Thank you, Mark. We need to fight for restoration. So if, if, if you've missed that, you can make sure to get online and check out the podcast. Just want to encourage you to stay up with us whenever you can. And then last week, we talked about having fun. Can marriage be fun, friends? Can marriage actually be exciting? Can there actually be intimacy in marriage? We talked about um, intimacy face-to-face. We talked about intimacy side to side, doing activities, enjoying each other's company. And we also talked about last week, intimacy, belly button to belly button. Someone say amen. If you're married, say amen. All right, I hear you. And then today, friends, we're talking about staying pure. And I want to say this for next week, too. The last uh, session in this series is called Never Give Up. Somebody say, never give up. Amen. So today we're going to be talking about staying pure. And what I want to do this morning is start off with a portion of scripture in Romans 13. All right. So we're going to be Romans 13 verse 11. And I want them to throw this up for you because I think this sets up well what we're going to be talking about in God's word today. Now, God's word is the roadmap to life. If you haven't figured that out, get busy reading the roadmap to life. It will change your life and set you free. So Romans 13, verse 11 says, And do this, understanding the present time. The hour has already come for for you to wake up from your slumber. Somebody say, wake up. Because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently and in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Listen to this, friends. Rather, the Bible says, clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. I want to encourage you, friends. You are here today on purpose. And for a purpose. God, had you come to the house of God today to learn a few things to help you fail-proof your marriage and help you fail-proof your relationship to the Lord and to other people. Let us bow our heads this morning and pray. Dear Father, we honor you. Jesus, we love you, God. We pray today that you would instill and implant something into our hearts. Lord, your word that brings us to life, God. Father, we are in desperate need of you, Jesus, in every area of our life, God. And today, we say we are open to hear your word, and not only hear your word, but be doers of your word. And these moments that we have together at the start of our week, God, invest in us so that we can invest in other people. Jesus' mighty name, all God's people said, amen. Amen. Get a water there. So I want to talk to you today about the idea of purity. Thanks, Mark. The idea of purity. Let me read this verse to you 
about purity and marriage. This is going to be in Hebrews 13, 4. Marriage should be honored by all, and the marriage bed kept pure. For God will judge the adulterer and all the sexual immoral. I want to encourage you. Jesus makes it very clear to us that purity is at the top of his list. And if you want to fail-proof your marriage, friends, I want to encourage you today that it begins with your purity before the Lord. Is that okay to say this? Now, last week we had fun, right? And today we're going to get busy talking about the ability to really have fun in Jesus and what that means to live a pure life and how valuable it is. Now, I know that when you got married, you had some preconceived ideas going into marriage. But let me tell you, I believe that no one in here had the idea that you would commit adultery during your marriage, that that was the forefront of your mind. Or maybe you would be addicted to pornography, or maybe that you would, you would have an emotional affair with somebody online. Like nobody in this moment, as you said your I do's to your spouse, had the desire and said in your mind that this is what I'm going to be about. But friends, let me encourage you that statistics say that 75% of people in this world will actually do one of three of those things throughout the duration of their marriage. What does that say, friends, about us? The scripture tells us, right, that we are supposed to keep the marriage bed pure. And listen, the scripture says that purity matters to God and it matters in your marriage for success and health in that marriage. 90% of Americans actually say that adultery is wrong. But you know, they did a study at the University of California from 1989 to 1999. And even though people understood, 90% of people understood that adultery was wrong, the, the statistics say in that 10 year, that one decade, adultery in marriage doubled. It doubled. And what we're going to talk about today is why this happened, how this happened, and how to deal with it in a God way. Because God wants you to get a handle on the way that he created marriage so that you can be successful. I want to encourage you. Now, friends, why is impurity in marriage increasing? If you've got your notes today, there, we have a section in there where you can write in answers in your notes, in your giving, in your guide, excuse me. And I want to encourage you to take notes. I always tell you this. We do this for you. We spend time doing this because what you're going to receive today, it needs some time to process. And you need some time to practice whatever it is God is teaching you today. So make sure you fill that out and take it with you. Put it in your Bible. And as you read the Word of God, go back to it and say, God, apply this to my life. Why is impurity in marriage increasing? Number one, there are more temptations today than in the past. There are more opportunities to get in trouble than ever before. For example, Facebook, right? Facebook has, has been known increasingly um, through that social media there to, to have so many things um, and relationships that are ungodly, and, and, and there is so much adultery happening between relationships on Facebook. We are more connected than ever before with each other and with people from the past, people that we're just going to meet. And, and there are apps, there are, you know, apps like Snapchat, all these different apps that we have on our phones that we use every day that add to the temptation that the enemy would like to us fulfill, to fulfill in our lives. 
And it's very prevalent like never before we have these things. There are websites right now dedicated to people who can discreetly have an affair and try to keep it anonymous. There are, web, there are websites and apps that you can download to get into all kinds of trouble like never before. Listen, it's not social media's fault. Let me, let me be very clear. It's our fault. It's our fault for picking up the phone and utilizing technology in an ungodly way. See, today we are more tempted, I believe, from a social, from a connectivity perspective than ever before. You can go to Craigslist and you can, you can buy a water faucet, you can buy some tires for your car, and you can also hire a prostitute on Craigslist right now today. Friends, let me tell you, purity is under attack like never before. Because if the enemy can come in to divide and destroy you, that's exactly what he wants for your life. And he's going to work very diligently to do so. And he will use everything that you have in your hands to destroy you. The biggest game changer of temptation might be the smartphones, might be the iPads, might be computers. In this day and age, we have the ability with just a few clicks away to to encounter all kinds of things online that will destroy us emotionally, mentally, spiritually, just by the click of, of a button on your phone. Back in the day, we didn't have this. 20, 30 years ago, this wasn't really an option. But today, we see that it infiltrates our relationships. My wife and I counsel many, many couples, and and nine times out of ten, their relationship is broken because of impure things that are going on in the home and in their relationship. Purity must be dealt with and must be grown and worked on in an amazing way. Listen, I was reading statistics last night about, about pornography and what it's doing to, to people in this world. And, and the, the culture is destroying people with images and with everything that they see on media, on their phones, on advertisements. 63% of men weekly engage in pornographic images. 21% of women do it on a weekly basis. And the statistics say that women are growing in that more and more at a faster rate than men. Friends, this is why we're talking about a difficult subject today, because Jesus has a better way, and we must understand what it is. There are more temptations. Number two, people are getting married later. What does that mean? It's not bad to get married later, but what it means is that there are relationships that you are involved in, that the culture is involved in, that are unhealthy. And the longer you wait for marriage, the more likely you will have multiple relationships outside of wedlock. And what statistics find is that that people that that are not married, they begin to act like they're married. They begin to engage in in hanging out together and, and spending time together and having fun belly button to belly button. And all of a sudden, they, they begin to do things. The culture begins to tell them it's okay. That Hey, how about you, know, you guys, you guys in, just move in together? It's easy. It's cheaper. You're doing everything like marrieds do anyways. The only problem with that is it's not honoring to God. It's not a blessing, and it will ultimately lead to death. This is what our Bible says, friends. This is not just an idea from your pastor. This is what the word of God says. And what happens is when all of a sudden we get married, we bring all this emotional and sexual baggage into our relationships. And what happens is because we've had other relationships like that, when things don't work out, we just quit. Because, friends, we've been conditioned. 
all of this life from the cultural perspective that it's okay. We can, we can hang out with people. We can live with people. We can get married. And then when it doesn't work out, we can just quit. Our society, friends, is training people for unfaithfulness. That's what culture tells us. How do we, how do we deal with that? Let me tell those of you that are, that are unmarried right now, that are single and that your relationship is before God, you don't build a life of purity on a foundation of sin. The best way to prepare for a pure marriage is to live a life today, is to live a pure life today. Now, some of you in here might be thinking, uh-oh, I've made a lot of mistakes, and I haven't, I haven't had all this worked out. And some of you in here might feel like, man, I just, I, I've, I've been messed up in all of these things, but I love what the grace of God tells us this morning. 2 Corinthians 5.17. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone. The old is gone. And this, that's why the name of this series is From This Day Forward. Because from this day forward, you can begin to say yes to Jesus in his purity and his righteousness and walk out of here different than when you came in today. Isn't that what Jesus has done to all of us, those that have, that have said yes to Jesus? He's come and he's changed us from the inside out. So again, relationships are a bit messed up in the culture around us because of more temptation. Also because people are getting married later. And thirdly, because there's a growing sense of entitlement that says, if you don't give me what I need, I will find it at all costs. This is, the way, this is the way our culture acts right now. That if my wife or my husband does not please me, then I can do whatever I want because I'm entitled to be happy. This is what every song on the radio is about. This is what all of pop culture tells us. That you and I, as long as it fulfills our needs and meets our needs, it's all good. Unfortunately, friends, that equals death. In the kingdom of God. That equals things in relationships that are broken, that, that are destroyed by, by the enemy and what the enemy wants for you. There is a growing sense of entitlement in our culture. Now, let me give you three reasons why impurity is increasing in our marriages. And I just went through that, but let me tell you this what do we do about that now? What do we do about that? The marriage bed and our relationship should be kept pure inwardly and outwardly. And what I want to do is talk to you for a moment about the outward man, the outward culture, and, and what happens here. The Bible says in Ephesians 5.3, let's pull that up here. It says here, but among you, there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity. And what I want to say to you in this is, there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality. And, and, that's, and, and, and what happens in, when, there even, when there is a hint of that, what that means is there is poison in our lives. Because that's exactly what impurities are to us as men and women of God. They are, it's poison that comes to destroy our marriage. And we're not talking about a small little speck of dust 
in our water, right? We're not talking about a little something on the side of our glass. We're talking about a nasty old, you know, we've got this plate of food and you've got this rat that jumps up on your plate and just go, just takes a dump all over your plate, right? And then has poison all in your food. And now you begin to ingest rat poison. Why did I say that? So you don't forget it, friends. So that you understand that there is a better way than to, to fill your life with poison that destroys you. I always tell all of you from time to time, listen, if you fill your life with junk food, you're never going to be hungry for healthy food. Right? If you fill your life with poison, you're only ever going to get out poison. And a lot of times when we counsel people, we look at the decisions that people have made on a daily basis, and we see very clearly that everything they've put into their eyes, into their mouth, into their emotions, all of those things, we find that there are unhealthy decisions made every day that will ultimately only lead to negative, hurtful things. This is what God is trying to do in us as a church, that we would be pure people, that we would say yes to God and allow him to come in. Now, let let me just do a a little question game here. And and it has to do with even a hint of sexual immorality. Listen, I'm going to ask you a question, and you're going to say yes if you believe this answer is yes. Is there a hint of sexual immorality if you are married and you have sex with your secretary or maybe the cute guy that you work with or, or, or maybe the pool guy that looks so good looking with his six-pack abs, right? If you have sex, is there, is there a hint of sexual immorality in that? Wow, that's about a third of you. If you look at pornography anytime, at any place, whether you're on the clock at work or you're home or you're hardly working, is there a hint of sexual immorality in that? If you lust after Jennifer Aniston, guys, um, uh, if you, ladies, if you lust after Ryan Gosling, if you, if you lust after that, is, is there a hint of sexual immorality in that? This is what the Bible's talking about. If you are dirty dancing, right, Dane, with, some, with somebody at the club on Friday and Saturday night, is there a hint of sexual, right, uh, um, impurity in that. This is what God is talking about. And it's funny. It's, it's not really funny. It's, it, it's kind of a tragic when I look around at the young people in our world and even the adults. Uh, I look and I see that there's no even ability to make any sense of what is right and what is wrong unless the word of God illuminates our life. This is why we're doing what we're doing here, friends. The Bible says in Proverbs 5, 8, speaking of the adulterous woman, keep to a path far from her. Do not know, go near the door of her house. Don't get the poison close to you, says the Lord. And listen to this in 1 Corinthians six eighteen to 20. It says here, 
Flee from sexual immorality. We must on a daily basis decide when we wake up that we will say no to that and yes to Jesus. That we will walk in in the freedom that Christ has given us to do the right thing. Now let me say this to you. If you're a non-Christian in here and you've never met Jesus, you might be thinking this is dumb, right? I can do whatever I want with my body. It's my body. I can, I can do and say and, and, and spend time with whoever I want. And, and that's fine. If you're a non-Christian, you've never given your life to Christ, that's your right to do whatever you want to do. But we as Christians, it's not our bodies anymore. It's not our, our, our minds. God has come in to change us. The Bible says here that you are not your own, but that you and I were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. This is the word of God, friends, that I have, I have said, God, my life is yours. Use me and enable me to do great things in the kingdom of God. Listen, the enemy would come to kill and steal and destroy your life, and he does that through impurity. But Jesus has come that you and I might have life. And we can live in freedom and excitement of life and happiness. And we can have whole marriages and whole relationships and a whole life in Jesus. But it begins when we give our lives to him and say yes to Jesus and no to everything else. Boy, I'm preaching awesome today. The Bible says if your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. If your right arm causes you to sin, cut it off. Now listen, I don't want you going home and cutting your arm off and saying, telling the doctor that the pastor told me to do this. This is a spiritual implication that says if there is something causing you to sin, you better deal with it. So that God can be real in your life and change you from the inside out. Now listen, in my relationship to my wife, there are boundaries that we have set in our marriage so that I can deal with this issue of purity. Right? We, we have things on, on, uh, uh, in relationships. I don't counsel women. In fact, I'm never alone with a woman outside of my wife and my two daughters. And that's just the way we've done ministry. Because I have to insulate myself, friends, from things that I could easily fall into. This is why we have that relationship. This is why my wife pastors women. This is why when you reach out to me, I immediately send you to my, the, the best gift that God ever gave me, which is my wife. Friends, I have to do this. This is important. Why? It, be, because even pastors, even leaders in the church can easily fall into sin. I hope that's not surprising to you. But you and I have all dealt with sin, and we will continue to deal with the temptations that the enemy would throw away. On my phone, my wife has every passcode that I have on my email account, my cell phone, my Facebook account, any, any device that I have, my wife has on her phone, and we can communicate collectively. She knows everything that I do on my phone. And I, I appreciate that at home. We have things on our network at home that keep us safe, that, that allow content to be filtered out so that me and my wife and my children don't see images that are unhealthy in my life. Friend, there are, there, there are things that, that, that people have created to help us maintain our purity, maintain our freedom. 
This is what it is about. We want to make sure that our outward behavior is pleasing to God. Now, let me say what motivates and what drives the outward behavior. It's called your inward heart. Everything begins and ends with your heart. David asked this amazing question in the Word of God in Psalms 119, 9 to 11. He says, how can a young man keep his way pure? And listen to this, friends. What a great question for the world that we live in. He says, he said, this is how, by living according to the word of God, by living according to this roadmap, by living according to God's plan and God's ideas for your life. He says, honor God with all your heart. Don't let me stray from your commands. And I have hidden your word, okay, where? In my heart that I might not sin against you. It's the understanding that David's like, how am I going to stay pure? And, and, and it's very clear today that it begins and ends with us hiding the word of God in our hearts and saying, God, your word is a lamp unto my feet, is the light to my path. That's saying, God, I need you. Here's this quote from John Bunyan. He says, either sin will keep you from the word or the word will keep you from sin. I want you to hear that again. Either sin, friends, will keep you from the word of God. Or the word of God will keep you from sin. The longer you and I seek God, the more he renews our mind and transforms us from the inside out. And his word, friends, is the best way for him to come and clean out all the impurities, to clean out all the poison. And so if you're sitting here in this room today saying, uh, my life is full of poison and everything I'm reproducing, the byproduct of my life is, is, is sin and death and discouragement and I'm in this cloudy storm that I can't get out of. Let me say one thing to you. It's about you beginning to fulfill the, the destiny that God has called and equipped you in by reading the roadmap to life. Can you say amen to that? The heart matters. The heart really Matters. So we're not just going to conform to the outward, cowardly behavior of culture, but we are actually going to let the power of Christ, through his word, transform our hearts inwardly. This is what we have to do every day, guys. This is what we have to do every day, because the enemy is there waiting, the Bible says, as a crouching lion ready to devour you and I. I love it. I want Jesus to fail-proof my marriage to the most beautiful gift that God has ever given me on this earth. But I have to understand that I am, I can easily be led astray. And this is where Jesus wants you and I to build wisdom and strength and ability in the word of God, with the word of God to change us, to transform us. Now, when people hear this message here, there are three responses to impurity that some of you have been thinking about this morning as we have been talking in this conversation. The first way that people respond to impurity is with defensiveness. Have you ever known anybody to be defensive? Anytime a person is defensive, <clears throat> excuse me, it's very likely they're hiding some sort of rationalized sin. Did you know that? I find when we meet with couples and people are defensive, 
what we have to do is begin to dive down to find where the sin is, and we have to deal with it at the root. Some people would say, well, hey, guys are just that way. You know, we need what we need, and we're going to get it however it happens, and if our wife doesn't give it to us, we're going to do whatever we want, and that's just the way it is. That's a defensive heart. Well, it's just not my fault. It's my spouse's fault. They're the ones who have neglected me. They're the ones who have, have, have said hurtful things to me, and I'm just broken. I can't deal with this, so let me go find another option that for some reason I think will make me happy. Unfortunately, it's outside of the covenant of marriage, and it will always equal death. Wow, pastor. Man, you're pretty harsh this morning on Thanksgiving weekend. Well, if she would just do this for me, all would be good. Well, if he would really just meet my needs emotionally... You know, well, we're only friends anyways, and it's really none of your business. I've had that a few times. Like, why am I sitting in this room right now, right? People have come into my office like, I don't want to be here. Well, why, you know, it's not my fault. It's her fault. It's not my fault. It's his fault. And immediately, there's a defensive wall that rises up when it comes to this issue of impurity. I've had people say, well, if she wasn't checking on my computer... She wouldn't have found out. Really? My mom and dad had this uh, verse in, in the bathroom. Um, that They would put verses all over. They were crazy in, in love with Jesus. And so they would put things in, in, in verses, and it was like, God will bring to light, right, the things of darkness. And they used to pray, God, let me find out what my son is doing. Reveal to me, right? And they would walk in and say, God told me. And I was like, oh, Lord. Why did you tell them? If you wouldn't have been checking on my computer. Like, if you're defensive, you have a rebellious spirit towards God, and you need to drop your guard and let the Spirit of God speak to you. Can you say, I get it. I understand. Number two, another thing, is that we go into this issue of remorse. Worldly sorrow or guilt. Remorse is also a wrong response. Because it leads you into this thing of I'm bad, I'm horrible, I can never measure up, God will never love me, I don't belong in this church, I should have stayed home and got ready for the 400 football games today. Um, there were all these other things, and remorse comes in, and, and you start to feel condemned. Like you can never do this, you can never be successful in the purity that I'm speaking to you about today. And even it says here in Corinthians 7.10, it says, Godly sorrows, sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret. But listen to this, but worldly sorrow brings death. See, friends, if you're here today and you're overwhelmed with grief, if you're overwhelmed with this thing of I will never be able to do this, let me tell you something, God has a better way for you because you and I serve a good, good father, do we not? So repentance, the Bible says, is our real response before the Lord that says, God, I've made mistakes, and I've had, I have a lot of poison in my life and in my heart, and God, I really need you to help me, give me the ability to stay pure and to build that purity with my spouse and to build that purity, if you're single, with your relationship to the Lord and other people. This is my heart for us today, is that you would respond to God 
with real repentance that says, God, I will turn from you. I will turn from the sin, excuse me, and I will turn and face you and run after you and your freedom. This is what I feel like God wants me to impart into you today. And I always think of myself, anytime sin is tempting me, is the question, is it worth it? Is this really worth it? Because, you know, it never adds up. We find that there's an ex- a moment with excitement, and we, we say, man, if I, if I do this, it would be great. But in the back of my mind, I'm always saying, Sam, this is not ever going to be worth it. It's always going to leave me guilty and full of shame and full of discouragement. And that is not God's plan for my life. Friends, and that's what we're talking about. I want God's best for you. God did all the work, right? He sent his son Jesus to die on the cross and and exchange our sinful rags for his righteousness. No longer do we have to be filled with poison, but we can say yes to Jesus. Let me read this verse to you in closing today. And allow the Lord to illuminate Continue to illuminate your life. In Titus 2, 11 to 12, it says here, God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. So how do we do that? We do that with the Holy Spirit. God begins to speak to us. And I believe in this moment, as as Dane is playing here, that God is speaking to you about the things that are going on in your heart and in your life. This morning, I want you to bow your heads with me. I'm going to pray for you. Because I believe when God speaks his word, it sets us free. If we will but respond to Jesus. You know, if you're here this morning, you've never received Jesus as your Lord, if you've never offered your life to him and you've never picked up his righteousness and asked him to come into your life, we're going to do this together as as a church family. And we're going to pray together collectively. And it's very simple that you would say yes to Jesus and say a simple prayer and say, God, I, I, I know what you did on the cross. I know that God raised you from the dead three days later, and I will receive you into my life, and you will begin to change me and speak to me like never before. And we're going to pray this prayer. And today, if you pray this for the first time today, I want you to fill out one of those connection cards and check on there, I received Jesus. And I want you to take it to our first steps table right out in our lobby. And we have a Bible for you. We have a plan to help you walk with Jesus every day of this life, and we will live life with you. Friends, let's say this prayer together, all of us in here. Say, Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. Make me new. I believe that you died on the cross for me and that you rose again so that I could live for you. Fill me with your spirit so that I can serve you for the rest of my life. My life is not my own. My body is not my own. I give it to you. And I thank you for new life. In Jesus' name I pray. If you're here this morning and you are wrestling, wrestling with sin, and you are wrestling with poison, 
and you are wrestling with impurities in your marriage and in your relationships, I want to pray for you. But today would be the first step in God begin to radically changing your heart. Because I believe every time we meet with Jesus, there is a response required. And today you have an ability to say yes and turn in the direction of Jesus. And because Jesus is a loving father, he will run in your direction and wrap his loving arms around you. With your heads bowed, your eyes closed. If you're here today, you said, Pastor, I need purity like never before in my marriage. I need, I need God to wash my heart of the sin and the things that I'm going through. Right now, what I want you to do is slip up your hand and say, yes, that's me. I just need more of God today, and I need him to transform my life. If you're here, hands all over the room, I see those hands. All that you're doing is saying, God, change me from the inside out this morning. Use my life like never before. This is your day. You were created for this today, friends. If you are here, slip up your hand, and we see those hands right now. Dear Father, I pray right now for your people, God. As, Lord, your grace sweeps all over this room today. Lord, there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. But today there is newness of life. Today there is grace and mercy for the hurting and the lost and the broken and the abused and the poisoned, God. There is hope and there is life in this place today. And we pray, God, that you would come by your Holy Spirit to wash us clean today by your Spirit, Father. We give you this day and the lives of these people that we are set on a course of greatness, God. There is freedom and there is worship in you, Jesus. And I pray that you would do this by your spirit today. Lord, church, begin to thank him, Lord. Begin to thank him with a hand clap. Come on, church. We receive your passion. We receive your life today. We receive your love today. We receive your encouragement today. And we thank you, Father, for what you're doing in this place today. And we love you in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody said. And that's all we have for this time. Love God, love your spouse, and we'll see you next time.